Live to see it, friends, and welcome to the World Transform. This program is your guide to an astounding future that lies ahead, one that will be here sooner than you think, and one that you have an important role to play in bringing about. At the World Transformed, we want to introduce you to what may be the greatest transformation of them all. The one that begins with considering and acting on the almost limitless possibilities that lie before us and that ends somewhere beyond the reach of the human imagination. So, when does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-author, co-futurist, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. Happy Friday. How are you, my friend? Man, doing great. Doing great. Got an interesting show tonight. Um, sometimes, uh, every now and then, we've got to stray from the future just a little bit. And talk and talk about the past a little bit. And, uh, well, we've got we got one past topic, kind of a callback, because we talked about uh, the Indus Valley civilization a couple weeks ago when we were talking about right. uh, lost civilizations. But then we're going to move straight into the future with our uh, related uh, space topics. Uh, we've got three interesting space stories here with the metal asteroids, the big rockets, and <laughs> possibly aliens. We'll see if uh, if that pans <laughs> out. Um, but yeah, and check it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just. Just um, just as we were talking about the Indus Valley civilization, you remember that this is a civilization that existed. Um, one of the, you know, they say one of the great foundational early civilizations in human history. Um, right. The the problem with them being they they existed uh, pretty much contemporaneously with the Mesopotamian and with the ancient Egypt's uh, civilization. But the the problem with them is we don't have a written record of them because we can't decipher their writing. Now, right. when I saw this headline, scientists claim to have found language of ancient Indus civilization, I thought, awesome, so they've deciphered the writing, and now we're going to know all about this mysterious, mysterious civilization. They were mysterious for a number of reasons, one of which is that their cities indicated a very different social structure from any found elsewhere in the ancient world or modern world, which is, uh, which is, which is kind of strange. And also, they don't seem to be connected to the subsequent Indian civilization, right? There's a, there's a real, you know, difference in in who these folks were versus versus who came along after them. And we think, well, well the language that part of, the, of that, go ahead. Part of the world was growing arid, um, and and so it, it was it was a it was a wetter place at one point. It, it, was, it begins to dry, and as a result of it becoming more arid, people gathered into cities, and that's when the civilization really flourished. But then it got too arid. And yeah. they dispersed, and uh, there's not a lot. There wasn't a lot left uh, after that to, uh, you know, not a lot of clues as to what 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 that civilization's like. So, so right. Well, the, the, you know, it's a it's a bit of a mystery, isn't it? Yeah. The problem is there's inscriptions all over the place, but no one could decipher them. Well, I thought this headline would be ah, we've we've deciphered the language, and now we understand all about the uh, ancient Indus civilization. No, sadly. Um, the the step they've made is they have confirmed that it is a language. Okay, right. <laughs> that's that's how far they've gone. Well, so, I mean, and it and it could have been just you know decorative symbols or something. Right. You know, and, exactly. And, and and what the, I guess they did sort of a statistical analysis and determined well, yeah, it, this has all the markings of actual an actual language behind these mark markings. So I guess that's one step closer. But, yeah, uh, and if it is a language, it is something that ultimately can be translated, and one day. We'll know. Uh, we, we can hope what what it was all about. But we're 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 one tiny step closer, not much closer. But stay tuned, you know, because it was just a couple <laughs> weeks ago we were saying uh, we didn't know much about them, and now we 
you know, have discovered one more thing about them. So hopefully, I'm hoping I'm hoping they find some Rosetta Stone, right? That that uh, that they can use to translate from Sanskrit to, or excuse me, from the Indus Valley Civilization language to Sanskrit or something like that. But I don't know. It's going to be a long haul. We'll see. Absolutely. Anyway, stay tuned well, for late-breaking details about the ancient world, <laughs> and you know where to come for for those That's as the right. world transforms. Hey, speaking of the ancient world, what do you make of this uh, giant metal asteroid, 16 Psyche, and what does it have to do with the ancient world? Well, this is a really interesting it story. Ancient the story world. Yeah, <laughs> the, the story is, why is NASA going to visit the giant metal asteroid, 16 Psyche? To me, the answer is in the question, right? Giant metal asteroid, how, how cool is that, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> a 210-kilometer-wide... Well, you know, it's, it's unheard of. You don't, yeah. you don't, I mean, they're rocky asteroids, but you don't have all metal asteroids like this almost is. Exactly. Uh, it's uh, it, apparently they th- they think apparently it was the interior. Uh, you know, if if you <laughs> if you were to uh, burrow down uh, in, into the Earth, still eventually you get to a kind of a nickel iron center, right? Right. Um, well, th- apparently this was the uh, uh, the core of a of a, uh, an ancient planet. So that's pretty cool. Cons- can, potentially, that's what that that's what we're dealing with here, which makes right. me wonder a few things. One is what happened to the planet, although there's some, you know, some immediate possibilities. There, there's always been this idea that the asteroid belt represents one or more planets where things went terribly wrong, right? <laughs> and maybe, yeah. maybe this is the center of that. There's also the Earth Mark 1, Earth Mark 2 theory that says that a, a planet um, from, from farther back somehow messed up, you know, mixed it up with early Earth, um, combi- combined to make a new planet and the moon, but it's entirely possible, since we know the moon doesn't have that metallic core, it's entirely possible that this is the core left over from that, uh, uh, from, from that body that collided with Earth a long time ago, if, in fact, that ever happened. We don't, we don't know that it did. Um, but, uh, you know, it's an interesting, interesting carcass out there, if that's what that is. Um, it's also interesting because it tells you, you know, we're talking about going out there and um, potentially mining the asteroids. I would think that yeah. 210 kilometers worth of iron and nickel is worth something, you know. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, that's, nickel that's is semi-precious, right? I mean, there's there's <laughs> there is a value in in nickel, and uh, yeah, and, and it's interesting. Uh, you know, they're planning this uh, this mission uh, to go there. I, I have this, I don't know, humorous picture in my head that you know, attempting to land, and it's like clank, and they just you know. You know ping off of it right um <laughs> they don't land unfortunately they're only going to do a yeah. flyby they can't oh, okay. this mission doesn't include a landing um okay. which is too bad because it would have been really interesting to test out a system that uses magnets right yeah yeah if it's draw it in with I magnets mean, and then right at the last minute to uh, turn the uh you know turn the polarity around and bounce off a little or something you know all kinds of possibilities <laughs> when you're landing on a metallic right. surface that's pretty but, cool uh, so it's uh it's seven years out. We're to uh, see here. Uh, so yeah, seven-year mission to visit the asteroids with a robotic spacecraft and study it in detail. The hope is to learn, obviously, about the the core of planets, like very much like our own. So yeah, uh, we we can't you know uh, the core of our own planet's out of reach. Obviously, um, this uh, this is doable though. That's pretty cool. And we may learn it's something else, right? I mean, yeah. that's a theory that it's the core of a planet. What we may find is that it's a melted down space station or something like that. I mean, there's, you know, 
<laughs> Who knows, right? <laughs> There's all kinds of possibilities because you know what? There are some potentially big structures out there. And hey, speaking of big structures in space, that's right, I'm doing this. Um, did you read about Blue Origin's uh, new monster orbital rocket? Huh? Well, tell us, Phil. What did tell us about this? Well, you know, the um, uh, Jeff Bezos company, Blue Origin, they have been flying their, uh, what's it called, New Shepard for a while now, and it's been kind of their proof-of-concept rocket up to this point, and now they've announced New Glenn. Okay, so they've gone from first American in space to the first American in orbit, and this well, There's going to be a monster. new Neil at some point, obviously. Yeah. New Armstrong is coming, and that's going to be the... Uh, that that's going to be the big one. I, you know, it makes me kind of feel bad for people who got left out here. You know, what about the new Gus, yeah. right? What about the? <laughs> but but uh, <laughs> you know, there's only so many names you can use. Um, so the new Glenn new rocket is 82 meters tall, um, lift capacity of 45 tons. It's the biggest rocket. If you look at the chart, the biggest rocket will be the biggest rocket ever made, except for the Saturn V. The Saturn V is still the uh, is still the king of the hill if you look just in terms of kind of height, but uh, booster capability it's right up there and it comes in it, it comes in uh, two flavors. There's a two stage and a three stage, and it's going to be you know it's going to be a powerful lift machine. I think it's very exciting that the the space race just continues to heat up, and yeah. it's not the space race we were expecting a few years ago between India and China and the U.S. It's the space race between two American companies at this point. Um, you know, who can, yeah. Yeah, who, who, who can build the better rocket um, and who can go farther with it. Uh, up to this point, SpaceX has had a huge head start, but I always figured that, you know, Bezos wasn't just twiddling his thumbs, that uh, he was going to uh, he was going to make a move here, and this is a big move. This is uh, this is a significant uh, step forward for uh, Blue Origin. Even just the announcement, and they're already contracting with um, with NASA and others to start, you know, sending payloads up using this using this new rocket. We want we want multiple options, obviously, right? I mean, yeah. Um, you know, get uh, get get four or five uh, uh, private companies. Uh, and you know, and let, let them you know bid against each other. You know, you want to you want to get some, you know, some some uh, a certain amount of weight into orbit. You know, uh, you know, you could shop it around. That's you know, that's what you want. And uh, um, well, what what I like about this is it, this is this is going to be this is more powerful than the uh, Delta IV Heavy, right? Which itself is just slightly more powerful than the Falcon Heavy, the uh, SpaceX rocket. Um, I like competition, but I don't mind if the Delta IV gets squeezed out, frankly. Um, and if yeah. just these kind of up-and-coming private designs, if they if they begin to take precedence, if they prove to be more affordable or safer, and they end up being the rockets that take us into space, I think that's fine. Let uh, let let NASA start taking on a role of helping design next stages and setting requirements for next phases of developing these big rockets, but maybe get them out of the you know planning and uh, deploying rockets business because it looks like we've got we've got people who are getting pretty good at doing that, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I'm excited about that because maybe the, maybe when we have the big rockets, this is going to give us the opportunity to go explore what's going on out here in the universe. Okay, we finally got to it. The big story here. <laughs> Could mysterious cosmic light flashes be powering alien spacecraft? I had to look around to find the headline that said that because I'd read a couple or three stories about this, and they don't all immediately go there. Um, 
But there are these super bright flashes. They're called FRBs, um, and that stands for fast radio bursts. Uh, the first one was detected back in 2007, and they're just these huge burst signals, these, these huge blasts of energy from out in remote space that are attached to no known natural or you know, alien-made phenomenon. They're just mis- you know, mysterious, anomalous. We, we, have, we have no clue. And really, we don't even have a, a, a good theory. Right. We? No. Well, no. Uh, the, you know, the, uh, the, the, the leading theory now, potentially, is that these are starships. <laughs> taking off, okay? That uh, this is well. I, um, I, yeah, I've, I've heard, uh, you know, um, also that it could be uh, some sort of uh, release from black holes or something like that. I mean, it's there, there are some, you know, but I mean, they they don't really they don't really have a handle on you know why that should be, you know. Yeah, well, that's interesting. Um, but the way I understand it is that idea is put out there with about as much evidence behind it as the alien theory, right? So, you know, we, we say, well, it could be that because that would be one thing that would account for such a huge burst of energy. But no one has any, uh, like, theory, right, to explain how they're doing that or, you know, what's what's causing black holes to make bursts of energy like that, right? I mean, it's just that's, that's one thing you could say that would account for that level of energy being put out, right? Well, well um, help, help me understand, Phil. If uh, if it's uh, let's let's imagine for a second it is aliens, and uh, yeah. uh, to what end? What what do you? How do you uh, propel spacecraft, perhaps with uh, with with a burst like this? I I don't know. Maybe they're going to warp, <laughs> right? Uh, you know, it, it, solar, takes... yeah, it could be that, or it could be like a solar cell or something like that. Yeah, they they could be bursting into solar solar cells. One of the, one of the things that's interesting about this is that. The you know twenty have been counted since two thousand and seven, with speculation that thousands of them are, are occurring every day, right? So, and what does that tell you one way or another? Does it tell you there's a lot of aliens out there, or that it almost has to be a natural phenomenon? I mean, nothing, nothing about this immediately jumps out as the as the you know definitive, the definitive answer on this. But it's interesting that a phenomenon like this is being observed. And it just seems to be, let's throw one more on there in terms of interesting astronomical phenomena that aren't explained, that potentially could be explained by advanced extraterrestrial civilizations. Not saying it is, not saying they're aliens, but you know that, that is in the mix. Uh, I, I guess the other answer to the question, what are they doing, would be advanced alien stuff, right? You wouldn't understand, kid. I mean, you know, it's... Pat <laughs> your head and uh, y'all, you go run along. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the fact that we don't know what it is, is, uh, right? I mean, that makes both the black hole and the aliens equally credible and equally unlikely. I mean, you know, or, or whatever it's whatever other phenomenon like we, you know, it ends and up being. To study it, you have to kind of be, be looking in the right direction at the right moment, right? And... Uh, yeah, um, and they're they're relatively uh, random. We you know we're not just seeing them from one area of the of the universe. We're, they're they're popping here and there all over the place. So, right. Uh, but I think we're only seeing them in distant galaxies. We we don't see yeah. them in our galaxy, which is interesting in its own right. Um, 
And I don't know. There's just you know, it's 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 more a big question mark than anything else. Certainly, if it is if it is um, whatever the phenomenon is, if it's taking place in other galaxies, it's not something that's likely to have any impact on us anytime soon, right? unless it's unless it's behavior that our uh, galaxy starts engaging in too. Because other galaxies are kind of the definition of things that are very far away in this uh, <laughs> in this universe. But it speaks to how powerful those bursts are that they can even be detected at these kinds of distances. Right. Because you know we're talking about we're talking about a really great distance uh, I mean, between there, and radio tends to fall off uh, exponentially right uh, over right. a distance right. and and not only are we detecting it it's like bam it, it hits us big you know it's a it's it's a, a extreme burst so pretty, yeah in fact remarkable. to the point where to the point where if it was caused by aliens if there really is some intelligent agent acting behind this, we're not talking about a civilization like ours. We're maybe talking about one that's a step up on the old Kardashev scale, right? Because they're, they're, they are putting out a large amount of energy, more than, you know what I'm saying? We wouldn't know how to do this if somebody said, hey, why don't you reproduce one of these fast radio bursts? That technology would not exist for us. We would say, well, well we're centuries away from being able to do this, right? Does, does the article kind of uh, give us any idea how much energy is involved? I mean... You know what? I'm not I'm not seeing it in front of me, but it does talk about it, and it, it and is I've read it elsewhere. I've read it elsewhere. Something like uh, you know, all the energy that uh, the, the world produces for a couple of years, kind of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's 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 a crazy amount of energy behind one of these things. So exactly, yeah. You know, so, so obviously we're not we're not in a position to produce that much energy in one tiny little you know burst that doesn't even last any time at all. Um, so there it is. Uh, you know, it's it's a wonderful it's a wonderful mystery. Luckily, we've got big rockets being built, so we can one day go explore these mysteries a little bit more up close. Although it's going to take more than a big rocket to get us to another galaxy. But uh, as with the uh, Indus Valley civilization, I guess once again, it's kind of a stay tuned, isn't it? <laughs> baby steps towards it, right? So yeah, baby steps towards this, and also we just keep our eyes and ears open, and we're gonna. I, I don't. I, I can't help but think. We're, we're we're only at the beginning of discovering weird things out in the universe that could or that might or might not be caused by alien civilizations. It seems like we're we're just at the very early stages of that. It's kind of exciting that, that that's been going on here in the last few years, and we've been able to, you know, be in on hearing about these discussions and and seeing these things proposed not by crackpots but by scientists who are studying these phenomena and saying, I don't know what else to make of this. Could be something uh, that we've never encountered before. Absolutely. Big stuff. All right. Well, with that, Stephen, I think uh, it's time to geek out a bit. And, uh, yeah, it's time we, for other We've got geeks, a topic yeah. that I've been looking forward to ever since you introduced it to me the other day, and that is um, performance art by Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> yeah. Let's, you know. Well, this is an interesting story. I mean, this, uh, I, I, I was tempted to bring it up in uh, Monday's show, uh, and uh, just, you know, as not even as an other geek topic. But uh, it, it really fits other geek a little better, so I, I, I decided to wait and bring it up tonight. But uh, so this this story's kind of been going around a little bit. Uh, Shia LaBeouf had uh, a uh, it's a piece of performance art. It's you know, basically an anti-Trump kind of thing. Uh, had uh-huh. a uh, had a white flag, and written on this flag was "He will not divide us." Okay, oh, very Which nice. is mm-hmm. not terribly political, if you ask me. I, I, I 
if you ask Trump, uh, he might even agree. Right? Trump supporters would <laughs> yeah, say I'm that. Yeah, I'm not going to divide you. Yeah, divide. exactly. Yeah. But anyway, um, anyway, he, uh, he so he uh, had this flag, and uh, his idea was to have a webcam on this flag in an undisclosed location that would uh, just fly for the entire four years. You know, he's he's hoping it'd just be four years, right, of the of mm-hmm. a Trump administration, and uh, just you know have it as sort of a live thing. You could just log on and 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 see that flag and be inspired, right? And so that's, right. that was his that was his thing. So he um, um, he he had this flag flying, and of course um, uh, these guys uh, on a like uh, I think it was four chan or something like that determined, hey, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna mess with Shia LaBeouf a little bit. Let's find this thing, and um, and so they they uh, started by uh, they they had audio as well as video, and so they could hear you know uh, as you know as it night uh, day turned into night, they could hear frogs and, and crickets and things like that. And from that, they could determine okay, it's a temperate area uh, of the country, right. and so um, perhaps in the south. And because here we're in the middle of winter still, right? And uh, so it's uh, that's probably the south. And uh, then they saw contrails, and from that, uh, from jets flying over, and they were able to determine roughly, based on these, it was like two jets in the same frame, and they were able to use that somehow, okay, to mm-hmm. determine a rough area of the country it was in Tennessee, okay. And um, and, and and from that, then they uh, they. I think they did a little uh, uh, digging in some records and things and found that uh, a friend of Shia LaBeouf had owned some property in Tennessee. So they go out to that area of the, of, of the, of the country and they literally had somebody watching the video frame uh, and, you know, on the, on the cell phone with a, with another guy. And he's like driving and honking his horn. And, Oh, I heard you honk. I heard on the webcam you honk, you know? And, uh, uh, you're close. You're real close. And so, at any rate, they found the flag. Uh, uh, I mean, trespassed on the private property, right? Right. And uh, interfered with Shia LaBeouf's right to free speech. Uh, I, I want to throw that out there too. Yes. But then, uh, you know, lowered the flag and uh, raised, uh, you know, "Make America Great Again" uh, t-shirt <laughs> oh, and hat, right? So these are and these are Trump supporting uh, uh, geeks in this case. The, exactly. Hackers. So yes. I, I, you know. It, in some ways, it's a funny story, and to me, it's also a little bit, a little bit of a cautionary tale. You don't have to, you know, to, for determined people, you don't have to share that much online for, you know, it, you to give away perhaps more than you intended, right? True. Um, I mean, I, literally, this was a webcam pointed at the sky at the top of a flagpole, and from that, you know, some determined people were able to figure out where in the world it was, uh, given just... I mean, it was like that. That given that minimal information, like a, yeah, yeah. Uh, that flag was flying like a day and a half. You know, I mean, that's uh, and he intended it to be up for four years. So, <laughs> any rate, uh, I, I I just found it an interesting story and uh, thought I'd share. And uh, uh, you know, Google. This it. is what uh, determined geeks can do. Okay, they can find <laughs> exactly. you. They can find you and they can mess with your flag. Okay, so just. <laughs> Just, just beware. Beware that you know. Beware the the uh, the determined geeks. They're they're uh, they're a force to be reckoned with. It, it's interesting when you think about it. There was a time when it would have taxed the uh, most powerful global intelligence agencies to do, to pull off a feat like that, right? Yeah. And now, just 
a couple of regular or a few, I don't know how many people were involved, but if, you know, just some regular guys can do it. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, you know, be careful what you, sh- you know, you know, what you share. And uh, um, it's, <laughs> I guess is the, is the cautionary uh, point of this, but it's, it's also a pretty interesting story anyway. So very interesting. Very interesting. Well, yeah. there, there it is. Beware the geeks. Beware of geeks bearing <laughs> gifts or looking for flags or whatever it is that whatever, geeks are doing. Yeah. I, I've got another geek entry I want to I, I uh, bring up. Uh, have you seen 10 Cloverfield Lane yet by any chance? Yes. Yes, I okay, have. Okay, you did see it. Uh, okay, good. I, I, great movie. Because uh, I was going to recommend it in case, uh, for those who haven't seen it, it's, it's on Amazon Prime for free right now. So it's a good time to, to get caught up. And um, I, I was just reading up on it. I remember seeing the um, trailer for it and thinking how odd it was that the title was 10 Cloverfield Lane, um, seeing as that was the name of another movie a few years ago, and didn't think anything else of it. But it turns out, as you know, Cloverfield is actually a franchise. Um, This is the second movie in the Cloverfield, you can't even say universe, because according to the director, it's not set in the same universe. And he describes 10 Cloverfield Lane as a spiritual sequel to uh, Cloverfield Lane. I would say that it's like an anthology series. It it is an anthology series. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Twilight Zone or something. Each Twilight Zone is in its own universe, uh, each each episode, right? And uh, I think that's kind of what they're doing here. Yeah, the, the the thing is, if you saw the if you saw the trailer for um, Ten Cloverfield Lane, what you saw was a trailer for an you know kind of interesting looking psychological drama, not a science fiction movie per se. Um, I, you know, there's a little hint of that even in the even in the trailer, and I'm not saying it is a science fiction movie. I'm just saying I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it. I'm I'm not saying where where it goes with any of this or whether there's any connection to the uh, original movie Cloverfield, but it starts out as one, I think it's fair to say it starts out as one kind of movie and turns into another kind of movie. And they're both really good. That's, uh, that's, that's what, uh, that's, that's what I liked about it so much. And it's got me really eager to see the, uh, the third entry in the series or in the franchise, which is called uh, the God particle working title. Maybe they'll work Cloverfield into the title by the time it comes out, which is due out in October of this year. So, um, oh, I didn't know that. Okay, cool. Yeah. So the next Cloverfield movie is on its way. You know, not all franchises have to be these huge, you know, make a billion dollars a movie things, right? The, you can have a smaller, subtle franchise exploring around the edges of the genres, and that's kind of fun. Um, well, um, it, 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 this was uh, uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane was made very, very cheaply. Yeah, fifteen um, million dollars was the budget yeah. for that. I, I imagine there, you know, there, there are, John Goodman there got episodes, half of that probably, right? Yeah, so, there are episodes of television shows that run run something, yeah. you know, close to that. It's It was, uh, you know, basically, you, you know, you, you pay John Goodman's salary, you you, you rent a uh, bunker, and uh, you pretty much covered it. Yeah. Um, and plus pay the writers because it's a great story. Yes. Um, uh, and, and uh I, you know, it's it was a set in Louisiana, and they, you know, there's a, a couple of shout outs to local things that uh, uh, we in Louisiana. Uh, I, hey, you know, cool. Uh, yeah, um, I noticed that when I was watching. It. I was like, oh yeah, they're talking about uh, Stevens. Uh, you no, know, there's not a whole lot hood. of things that uh, you know that you know if if uh, Louisiana makes a movie, it's almost always New Orleans. 
And, right, uh, and, right. And so when they when they mention things in North Louisiana uh, in a in a movie, that's uh, I believe uh, I even heard Shreveport mentioned by name in the movie, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> and I they mentioned Louisiana Tech over in Ruston too. So, yeah, okay, uh, there you go. Yeah. Which is even smaller of a place. Uh, so, um, and uh, well, which so, just yeah, goes to show you how different it was from the original Cloverfield, which is this found footage, you know, point of view set in midtown manhattan right i mean it's right you know, right this is yeah, yeah and in completely and i and in my mind i was trying to connect the two and saying well you know perhaps uh what they're saying is um you know I, I, you know the 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 bizarre thing that happens towards the end of the movie uh you know is it the same bizarre happening and finally i just had to give up and say no this is totally separate this is not the same you know same thing at all and it, and uh, and then uh, and then when I went back and read and just to you know get, get some uh, verification on what I was thinking then yeah that's this is just an anthology series they're just right, gonna right. each each individual movie is going to stand alone which that's interesting I, I I think I think I like that yeah, so. yeah but there but there are threads connecting them and maybe the name Cloverfield is all the thread you need or may, maybe there will be more you know, it could be they triangulate around some stuff in the third one it'll be interesting to see. What kind of Easter eggs there are in the third one, if 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 they call back at all to the first or second movie, um, and it's it just it's fun stuff. I, I just I, I love this kind of stuff, and uh, I was really really pleased to kind of make that discovery. It was like you know I just found a movie on Amazon. I was like oh I, I kind of meant to see this. I'll watch it, and, and you get into it, and you go wait a minute, this is J.J. Abrams. He wouldn't make a movie with that name in it. I mean your brain starts working immediately, and you go hmm. Cool stuff. I, I, yeah. I would like to see more of that kind of stuff. I mean, I love the big the big science fiction, you know, blockbuster franchises, but it's kind of cool to have something like this going on. And and I hope that uh, I hope we see more of that kind of thing. Oh yeah. All right. Well, well that's it. It's been a great it. week, Phil. We we have geeked. We've talked about well, what have we done this week? We've talked about AI. We've talked about the brain. We've talked about aliens. Okay. And then we talked about movies. I think, you know, <laughs> and, and and Shia LaBeouf. That's that's a full week right there. <laughs> I, I, you know, uh, I, I, this is probably the first and maybe last time we'll mention Shia LaBeouf on this program. So I, I believe we've played music by Shia LaBeouf before on this Haven't show. Really? Steven. Yeah. I, <laughs> Just do I don't it. know how big of a fan you are, or if he's paying you, or what's going on here. But uh, <laughs> you seem to bring him up every now. And then. Well, it's fine. I got nothing against him. Uh, you know, he's, he's, <laughs> he was in an Indiana Jones movie, so you know he's got that going for him. <laughs> But that's our week, folks. I'm sorry. We, we, we shouldn't ramble here at the very end. Great being with you. We're going to be back again next week with three brand new shows and two best ofs. So look forward to having you all with us then. Stephen, great talking with you. Great being with all of you. And until next time, live to see it. <laughs>